right. This is episode... What episode are we up to? Five! King Kong Bundy would be proud of us right now. He certainly would. And, uh, you know, I think we're going to jump right into this. Uh, aren't we going to like tell people what this podcast is? I no. Mean, we're the fucking mocks. We got to tell people we're the fucking mocks. You know, I'm, you know, it's, this is what we do every single week. We tell people that we're the fucking mocks. You know, Bada I'm, boom. We're the, I am the realest guy in the room, in every room I'm in. Right. And I am, as always, and will always will be, Bobby the Brainless. And I'm Ja Rule. So now, after introduction, we can just jump right into jump the right podcast. In. Jump right in. All right, so Jay, where would you where would you like to kick off with? Would you like to talk about uh, that? We need to talk about the glorious NXT Takeover special that happened last night on the uh, WWE Network. These Takeover shows uh, they're incredible. The thing about uh, NXT Takeover that really just for me solidifies how awesome it is. It's just it's two hours. It's action packed. And you know what? These wrestlers are just, they know how to perform in front of a crowd, whether it's big or it's small. They're over, and I I loved it. You know what, Jay? I have to agree with you on that. Last night was just awesome. They had a great show. The card was excellent. There was a lot of really good matches. Um, There was a couple of debuts that happened last night at NXT TakeOver Brooklyn. Uh, I was I was very happy with with a lot of the matches, a lot of the performers, and I think that uh, if I had to give it a rating, last night's uh, NXT Takeover, I'd say Bobby the Brainless would give it about a nine out of ten. I mean it's it's hard to get a ten out sure. of Bobby the Brainless just because I've been watching wrestling for a bajillion years. Sure. So I, I thought it was excellent. They had a, they they put it well together. They promoted it a lot better than they've done with SummerSlam. Yep. And, you know, there was there was a couple of big changes last night. Yeah. And uh, I, I got I got to admit, I I really did mark out at the end of the part of the of the pay per view last night. Well, for for me, like I, I gave it more like a eight out of ten. It it's not not to say that last night was uh, bad. Obviously, eight out of ten is a really good mark. But I mean. Takeover has consistently been just off the charts, phenomenal. This one, really good. Uh, I wasn't quite as emotionally invested last night. Let's say like uh, Bailey against Oscar. I was looking forward to that match. It was fine. It it wasn't quite what I was hoping, and definitely did not have the emotional payoff that Bailey and Sasha Banks had last year at the same time, yeah. night before SummerSlam. Still a good match, but you know, overall, really good show. Nothing to complain about. A really cool debut from uh, Ember Moon, who has maybe the best finisher I think I've seen in a while. That one kind of wowed me when she hit me. Uh, yeah, when she hit. It me came out of nowhere. When she hit Billy Kay with that finisher last night, that was just phenomenal. Like I saw it, and I was just like, "Wow!" I had to watch. We had it to again. rewind it. It was great. It was a fantastic finisher. Ember Moon had a very good debut on NXT Takeover last night. She looked She's really worthy good. of the hype. She you know, was, she was really good. I mean, I I get what they did with Billy Kay about how they built her up just so she can get squashed by Ember Moon. And it wasn't a total squash. She got some offense. She got some offense. I mean, it's not like she got stuck in the ring with Braun Strowman or anything, but 
you know, she she definitely, I think that it was kind of bad because she was on quite a bit of a winning streak. She was, I'm pretty sure she was undefeated in NXT heading into that match. So to have her lose to Ember Moon in her debut, but obviously with a lot of the... But I mean, they've been hyping Ember yeah. Moon so much that you, going in, you knew that Ember Moon was going to win. It's just how impressive was she going to look? And like, I thought overall during that match, she looked all right. It was the finish, though, that just sealed it for me where I was like, this girl... It is incredible. I mean, honestly, like a flipping stunner off the top ropes, that's freaking incredible. So I, I I marked out for that. But honestly, for me, the biggest, I, I'm going to, you know, spoiler alert, the biggest mark out moment of the whole night for me was dude coming out with the violin and playing Nakamura's theme song. That was one of the best entrances, probably for me, the best entrance I've seen since Bray Wyatt, uh, when he went against, I think it was when he went against the John Cena, John Cena at WrestleMania, that to me was like, like there have been other good entrances. Obviously, uh, we'll be seeing the Demon King coming up at SummerSlam, but like, even compared to like Demon King entrance, this thing I thought surpassed it. Like the violin player on his own, and the crowd just. Made up the whole thing. Oh, they really got into it last night. And that, I agree with you, that entrance was on par with Bray White coming out at WrestleMania 30. Even when Living Color came out and performed for CM Punk at WrestleMania 29, which was really cool. Even when Motorhead would perform for Triple H, which they've done more than once, which is fantastic. I I love it when they do the special kind of entrances for the people that are in I mean, the, even compared to some of these, like, awesome Triple H ent- entrances that they've had at yeah. WrestleMania, like, when he went against, I think uh, I think it was the Undertaker, the second Undertaker match, when he had, like, the Metallica song, and he came out... For and, whom the bell tolls. Right. And when he came out and, you know, had all the guys with the shields around him, yeah. that, that, as awesome as it was, that was spectacle, looked cool and everything, but there was something about the intimacy of one guy with a violin starting out, and then all of a sudden it was like an explosion of the crowd, and Nakamura looked like a freaking superstar. I will say this. The fact that the fans got behind Nakamura the way that they did was awesome. It was really good for him as a in-ring competitor just because the fans are just eating up everything he does. He's got one of those catchy entrances that the fans will just start singing, oh, in fact, I actually saw a video earlier this morning on Twitter. It was somebody who was actually at the event, and he recorded the fans, you know, kind of like singing along to his entrance as they're walking out of the arena. I love Talk wrestling about something fans. getting over. Oh, yeah. I mean, you can't... This guy is more over than almost anybody else I've ever seen, except maybe, like, Damian Sandow might be the only person I've ever seen get more over in a WWE-based ring than Nakamura. Well, uh, Or Daniel uh, Bryan. Right. So, I, I mean, that was cool. The, the match he had with Samoa Joe, like, again, good, solid match. I was hoping for a little bit more, uh, but Samoa Joe got a little uh, injured during the match. Not, like, super bad, but, you know, that's part of the style that both of them employ into a match. It's like, 
they're the hard-hitting, strong Japanese style. So, you know what? You're a little stiffer and, you know. I thought Samoa Joe was Samoan. It doesn't matter if he's Samoan. You still do Japanese strong style. But, you know, it was one of those things where uh, Samoa Joe uh, took a stiff shot, uh, wasn't feeling the greatest after the match. And, you know what? It's fine. They do not do ballet. No. So. If they wanted to do ballet, they would put on the tutus and the and the pink tights and uh, dance around like a bunch of sissies, but that's not what they're here for. So it, I, I have zero problem with them doing strong style and, you know, Joe accidentally getting hurt. Again, I don't think it's like a, a bad injury. I think, it you know, something day-to-day and see how it see how it goes. Another match from last night that really stuck out in my mind was the tag team titles were on the line as the Revival took on the team of Johnny Gargano and Tommaso Ciampa. Fantastic match. Yeah, I I mean everything with that match, I mean absolutely clicked the Again, th- this is being really nitpicky. Near the end of the match, I mean the end of it came about because of a you know, a submission move. He was close enough to the ropes where he could have reached out his arm pretty easily and gotten to the ropes. Uh, again, this is nitpicking, but everything else with the match was awesome. But the fact that the ending kind of like a little bit of a letdown because, you know, he could have grabbed the ropes and saved himself. And it's like, do you not know where you are? You're you're only like a couple inches away from. But uh, fantastic timing. Those two teams click. Anytime they get together, I will make sure that I make time to see them wrestle. I like both tag teams, even if they're not fighting against each other. Gargano and Ciampa have proven to us, especially when they went, especially even when they went against each other in the Cruiserweight Classic, that those two are just really good in-ring competitors. They know each other very well. Had a fantastic match in the in the last match of the first round of the CWC and the Revival. They're they're a tag team champions for a reason. It's not like they're just a bunch of schmoes that just go out there and just do whatever they want to do. They're a very talented tag team. They beat American Alpha. American Alpha is on the main roster. They're the hottest tag team in on the main roster right now. Probably in the world. They're not the Dudley Boys. The, the Dudley Boys are colder than ice right now, but that's neither here nor there. Ice, ice says that they're as cold as the Dudley Boys. Right. But, I mean, you know, there were a couple of things for me with this match that kind of stood out. I was almost, there were two things going in. I thought they were either going to win the match outright and get the tag team titles, Gargano and Ciampa, or I thought that that one of them was going to turn on the other, and neither of those happened. So, you know, that was one of those, like, kind of pleasant surprises. I was hoping that it would, uh, you know, they would further maybe the story from the Cruiserweight Classic or... You know, they would go on as champions and what have you. But I think what we're going to end up seeing, I think maybe NXT TakeOver next year, right before SummerSlam, I think we're going to see these two guys have at it because I think eventually there will be the storyline where Ciampa is going to be like, no, I'm the better man. I just had a, you know, you got lucky this one night. Next year, I think that's going to be the main event of TakeOver. I'm going to go out on a limb here and say that we're going to see Ciampa and Gargano fight against each other at a WrestleMania. Because the the quality of the match that they put up against each other at the Cruiserweight Classic 
was WrestleMania worthy. Am I talking Are about you saying main event, though? I'm not going to say main event. I won't go that far. I will say they're near the top of the card, though. They're near the top of the card. They right. they could be. You know what? They are the te- they're the type of duo if they go up against each other and they lead off WrestleMania, where you want to set the tone early. That is a fantastic match to lead off at WrestleMania. It'll take over for Daniel Bryan and Sheamus for you, maybe. No, nothing will ever take over for uh, Daniel Bryan and Sheamus at WrestleMania 28. But I I just think that you know they're both very gifted in ring performers. I like both of them. Gargano has, you know, a little bit more so than Ciampa, but I'm not going to discount anything that Ciampa does in the ring just because he's just a very, very good in-ring performer. So we we had that match. Uh, again, only thing to me, the, the finish could have been a little bit cleaner, you know, could have been in the middle of the ring versus closer to the ropes, but that's nitpicking. Awesome match, probably match of the night. Uh, it's, it's a toss-up between that match and the uh, Nakamura... Samoa Joe, I would give a slight edge to the tag team match just because it was just ridiculous. It was a great... Like, if yeah. I were to give the tag team match... I mean, the the false finish. The false finish was awesome. Like, you legitimately thought that Ciampa and Gargano won. Yeah. For a, probably, like, about 15 seconds, and then the referee's like, oh, foot on the rope. I will say, if, like, if I give the tag team match a 9 out of 10 for a rating, I'm giving Nakamura and Samoa Joe an 8.75. Right. So, I mean, it's not like it's such a draw, a drop back of what happened in the main event as opposed to the tag team match. But anyway, uh, to continue on with this podcast a little bit, let's talk about another match that actually happened. Better yet, let's not even talk about the match that happened. Let's talk about something glorious that occurred last night at NXT TakeOver, and that is the debut of former TNA star, former TNA World Heavyweight Champion, and possibly could end up in the WWE Hall of Fame, Bobby Roode. <laughs> you, you know, th- this is one of the things ever since Bobby Roode left TNA that I think a lot of people like myself that had followed TNA for a while were hoping would happen. Because Bobby Roode, I'm not going to say was too talented to be on TNA, but like he was very loyal to TNA. He did a good job of getting himself over Obviously, the fans knew who the heck he was, and they, despite the fact that he's supposed to be a heel, uh, probably had the second or third loudest reaction from the crowd last night. I mean, if you listen to when he entered, everybody already knew every word to his entrance song, so they probably played it five billion times after they saw him debut a couple of weeks ago on NXT, and just listen to that song over and over again because it's so darn catchy. I mean, I don't know if it's Nakamura catchy, but it was it was glorious. Now let me ask you this question: not to you know not to change the subject or anything, but I I have to ask: Do you think that the marks out there who listened to Bobby Roode come out for the first time and played his entrance? Do you think they listened to his entrance more than I watched the Braun Strowman versus James Ellsworth match? Uh, no. Because I've watched that match at least 7.2 billion times since it happened. 7.2? Wow. Yeah, well, you know, if a, a guy... You haven't would, been sleeping much, have you? No, I haven't really been sleeping too much. I've been so excited because Braun Strowman is vastly crawling up my power rankings. And, you know, even though James Ellsworth did have two hands and he's got a fighting chance, you know, I, I really thought that he was going to beat Braun Strowman. Right. Not really. Right. All right. But let's let's get back at the Bobby Roode. Bobby Roode. Uh, 
you know, made his debut last night against Andrade, Andrade Almas, uh, who like has, has, has kind of been underwhelming since he kind of made his debut. I thought like he he has an interesting move set and you know he's gifted athletically, but all the moves he does, you've seen other people do, so it's not like, oh wow, look at that move he did. It's like. Well, that move's cool, but I've seen Rey Mysterio do that, or I've seen Ultimo Dragon do that, or I've seen... Eddie Guerrero. Somebody else who's done it. He's, again, talented athletically, but he doesn't do anything like exceptional. Like, you got a guy like Neville, you've never seen anybody do anything even remotely similar to the Red Arrow for an ending maneuver, and... Nobody knows how to make a cookie like Neville either. Right. Well, I mean, when you look like a Keebler elf, I mean, that's what you do. So, (laughs) you know, like, Almas, again, I think was kind of the perfect opponent for Bobby Roode, a guy who's uh, new, uh, has not really gotten over with the NXT crowd. You put him in there against Bobby Roode. Bobby Roode, I think, looked pretty good. And uh, he has awesome entrance, awesome uh, theme song. Oh, I disagree with you on that. His entrance is glorious. Uh, probably the second best entrance of the night. Nah, nah, nah. That that glorious entrance just really better just than Nakamura. About, I mean, it's it, wait, I mean, wait, 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 wait. It's the glorious entrance. Now, your markout moment of the week is for me. It was Nakamura's entrance. There was nothing to me even close to that. Uh, it's going to be kind of hard to argue that. I mean, just because of the fact that they had the violin player doing the entrance. So, unfortunately, this week, the the, the fucking Marks, Ja Rule, and Bobby the Brainless have uh, have actually agreed upon what the markout moment of the week is. So, I would actually agree with you. I mean, it was... It was I mean, you're talking 1A, 1B. It's not like... It's not like Bobby Roode's was a terrible entrance. It was we're, an awesome, awesome, awesome entrance. We're talking to Firm Denalidar here. It's just it just wasn't quite to the level of Nakamura's entrance. Oh no! I mean, the fans got behind Nakamura's entrance a little bit more than Bobby Roode's. But with professional wrestling fans, you got to know that if you got one of those catchy entrances, you know, just like when Daniel Bryan's once you heard the beginning of the flight of the Valkyries. As soon as you heard that, you started cheering, and you were going, yes, yes, yes. But Or like when Stone Cold Steve Austin, when you heard the glass break, you know somebody's ass is going to be taken to the woodshed. Well, the, he's going to stomp a mud hole in somebody. What? What? Who? What? Who? Uh, but, you know, Bobby Roode, I think good, strong debut. Uh, I'm looking forward to seeing what he does beyond this. Uh, I think... We're going to see him in the title picture, you know, within the next six months. I agree. Um, and w- But uh, this kind of brings me to uh, one of his former tag team partners who uh, also had a good match, uh, Austin Aries. Austin Aries uh, wrestled last night. No way, Jose. Against No Way Jose. And I thought they, uh, they had a really good match. I think... We're, were they the curtain jerker? They were. They were the first one that they, got the crowd hot. They were the. They were the leadoff match of the pay per view last night. You know, no way Jose comes out with that entrance. His is pretty good too. 
I mean, not to discount anybody else's entrance from NXT last night. No way Jose has a pretty damn good entrance, the whole dancing and everything. And they get the fans involved and they get the little, you know. Because it is about having fun. Yeah. It's good to get the fans dancing, fun. And I, and I like the kid. I really do. I think No Way Jose, although he did lose last night to Austin Aries in the leadoff match, uh, a rivalry that started about two months ago when Austin Aries attacked no Way Jose at the top of the ramp, and then a month later, No Way Jose confronted Austin Aries, really set up for the match, really good setup for the match at last night for NXT TakeOver. I, I thought it was a really good match, good way to start the ma- uh, the pay-per-view itself. Well, there were a couple of things with that for me. Uh, what you're saying about them, you know, really setting up the rivalry and what have you, that's one thing NXT does in spades. They always set up these rivalries and it doesn't have it have to happen within like a week or like that night they will take their time with stuff i mean nakamura debuted wrestlemania weekend and they've been building you know to him in samoa joe for a little while uh sammy zane kevin owens they built that for a little while i mean some of that had to do with zane getting injured but they built to that for a little while with Same a- thing with Finn Balor and Samoa Joe as, as well. Right. You know, with things like that, because NXT is an hour long instead of three hours long, it allows them to slowly and surely build up these characters, build up these rivalries, and make it actually mean something when it happens, as opposed to a lot of the things, you know, especially even with this SummerSlam, they haven't built a lot of these rivalries up very well, but, you know... One thing with the uh, Aries match against Noe Jose, they have now opened up the next storyline for Austin Aries. He is now going against uh, Hideo Itami next, and they finally, finally had Hideo Itami take his move back. What are you talking about? He stole CM Punk's move last night. Yeah, he stole the punk, the punk's move to go to sleep. The go-to-sleep that uh, Punk stole from him. No, he stole it from CM Punk. Sure. It's not like I'm a mark or anything. Right. So, it, it was so mark. awesome, though, to hear the crowd just roar to hear the GTS. He looked at him, kind of gave a, a little bit of a, a smirk, gave the GTS to Austin Arias, and, you know, sent the crowd into a frenzy. I mean, that... Brooklyn was hot last night. They erupted a lot. Mm. They really erupted for the GTS. It it was a very cool sight. Awesome to hear. Awesome to see. I enjoyed it. I Like I said, from the first match to the last match at NXT last night, it was just a great show. I'm not going to discount anybody in their performances in the ring, entrances or anything like that. It was just from beginning to end, I was entertained. Yeah, I, I mean... Oscar Bailey match, good match. Again, if you're comparing it to the emotions from last year's Sasha Banks match, it doesn't compare. But if you're talking like in-ring, it it was a good, solid match. It was a a very good quality match between the two ladies. And I I think this is now officially the the Bailey call-up will happen. Uh, Where do you think she's going to end up? Is it a SmackDown or a Raw thing? I think that just looking at the the Raw roster and looking at the SmackDown roster, I like what SmackDown has for a roster. 
it's it's rather deep considering that they split up the Divas division or the I'm sorry the women's division between the two shows. I mean, yeah, granted they have Charlotte and Sasha Banks on Raw. Other than those two, what do they have? Nia Jax. Well, I think the the thing to me, I agree. She's going to end up on Raw. I think she'll end up on Raw because her she's got storylines with Charlotte and Bailey based on the fact that when she made her surprise debut at uh, Battleground, that she went with Sasha and she went against Charlotte and all what have you. Oh, and I forgot it, about Dana Brooke, who's also on Raw, but she's kind of forgettable anyway. But the thing is. You know, it seems like right now SmackDown is set up and tailor-made to really put Becky Lynch to the forefront. If you put Bailey there, it's going to take away a lot of the luster from what they're trying to do with Becky. So I think right now the place for Bailey will be Raw, and I think the build-up will eventually be to uh, Bailey against Sasha at next year's WrestleMania. That's going to be the women's title match. I'm going to have to disagree with you about what you said about Becky Lynch being at the forefront of the Divas or the women's division of Tuesday Night SmackDown. You know, I know, and everybody else in the WWE Universe knows. And Yellow Dog knows. That Eva Marie is the face of the women's division of SmackDown. Except for she's going to be taking a unplanned vacation for the next 30 days. I mean, come on. I mean, seriously? I mean, really, I mean, it was bad enough. I'm sorry, I'm going to go into a, into a, a rant right now. and This has really been kind of stewing the over Ava me. Marie, uh, it's, uh, it's the Eva Marie rant for the last several weeks. This is the Bobby the Brainless, I've had enough of this bullshit rant of the week. And, of course, my venom is definitely spread towards Eva Marie. Look, it's just, you really... You talk about there being a, a, a diva revolution or whatever you want to call it, where you want to give these women all these chances and everything. So what do you do? Well, you call up Eva Marie, who who is still kind of raw, even though she's been with the company as long as she has. Well, and the thing with Eva Marie, she reminds me more of like the old school model-esque divas, where the 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 newer divas are performers and they're athletic. Almost all of them are absolutely knockout knockouts but like they're they're oh, athletic oh absolutely i'm not saying that i wouldn't bury freaking eva marie i would bury eva marie and if you need to know what that is follow me on twitter you'll, you'll find out but anyway the whole thing with her getting hurt the first week she was debuting on smackdown then the following week where she had the wardrobe malfunction and then this past week on smackdown where she got stuck in traffic as her new gimmick or her new storyline for that week it's like I don't even believe this freaking this suspension. Maybe it's just they ran out of dumb ideas to get her to not come out to the ring. I mean, what the hell are you guys doing? Do do you guys in creative for the WWE have your heads up your asses? I mean, seriously, do you? I, it's like you guys are sitting there and you're like, gee, oh, we had uh, Eva Marie here on SmackDown, and what are we going to do to piss off the fans this week? Oh, I know, we're going to have her get stuck in traffic. Oh, I know, she's going to fail a drug test. And a month from now, when her, when her suspension is over, what are you guys going to do? Oh, well, uh, she, got, she got locked in the closet, you know, on the way in the ring. Or, uh, no, she's at the wrong arena. Or, or her plane got delayed. Or, you know, she was, she was saving a bunch of puppies from a, from a flaming building or something like that. I mean, come on. I mean, really? What the fuck? Over? It's just, 
it really just grinds my gears to a point where I just like I don't get it. I'm like, <laughs> you guys are just you guys are just really pissing off the fans. And I know that the WWE that's, over that's the years have done this with a lot of people. It's like you have you have Roman Reigns come out there and he's you know, and you just jam him down people's throats. You have you know, the same thing with uh, not bringing Daniel Bryan out in that Royal Rumble. Yeah, the fact that you didn't bring up Daniel Bryan at the Royal Rumble a couple of years ago, that really pissed off a lot of people. You have a You had Rey Mysterio booed because of that. He got booed out of the building and he quit. He couldn't do it anymore. He's like, I'm going to get booed. Me, Rey Mysterio, former World Heavyweight Champion, former WWE Champion. In my opinion, first ballot Hall of Famer. <laughs> but, I mean, you just you just do all these stupid things and you're just like, the fuck? I, I just don't get it. I try to wrap my head around it and I just don't. Get what they're doing. It, it, it's it's a it's a terrible thing. It's like WWE creative, like wax themselves in the head with some kind of a blunt object, and it's like, oh, well, we came up with this idea. You maybe it's you hacksaw bring, Jim Duggan's two by four. Hacksaw Jim Duggan. Yeah. You think you think hacksaw Jim Duggan's two by four has anything to do with this? Maybe I think maybe Jim, they took hacks, hacksaw Jim Duggan's two by four, hit Vince in the head, and they're like. Vince, you know what a great idea is? Let's troll the audience. We're going to take this horrible wrestler, and we're going to make her the greatest thing ever. Maybe Hacksaw Jim Duggan is part of the WWE creative team. I, I mean, he does like hoes. He's also a very educated man, by the way, Hacksaw Jim Duggan. He, he is. He went to SMU. <laughs> he was on the football team. He graduated from SMU. I, I don't know if I, I don't know if he was magna cum laude or summa cum laude, but uh, you, you know I'm, I'm sure he was top of the bottom of the class. <laughs> so, uh, all right, I guess I'm the only one working over here. Have fun thinking about Hacksaw Jim Duggan over there. <laughs> All right, so, uh, you know, we, we kind of started talking about SmackDown here, and we started oh. talking about Hacksaw Jim Duggan and his smarts. But, but <laughs> you, you know, with Smack, you, you know, right before a pay-per-view, you kind of have to judge the pay-per-view based on how well they do promoting said matchups. And I, I think SmackDown overall did a better job than Raw did this week. I thought the Dolph Ziggler promo was uh, w with Dean Ambrose really good. A lot of fire. I liked it. Uh, very smart. Hacksaw Jim Duggan smart, definitely. <laughs> so, you know, I, I thought that was good. Uh, I thought it was interesting that they uh, broke up the Wyatt family this week. Uh, uh, officially, Bray oh, just kind of like... <laughs> kind of left the ring, left uh, left Rowan at the, to fend for himself. I think he finally figured out Rowan's a loser, just like Hacksaw Jim Duggan. Even though Hacksaw is a you know very intelligent man who went to SMU and graduated, uh, but you know, uh, I'm wondering if there's going to be a new Wyatt family. <laughs> I be don't... a new member of this podcast. Wait, I can't you... stop laughing. <laughs> You know, I'm wondering if Hacksaw Jim Duggan could be the father of the Wyatt family. <laughs> you know, you, you got Bray Wyatt, he's like the Michael Corleone, but you got you got Hacksaw Jim Duggan as Don Corleone. He, 
He's Vito <laughs> Corleone. He's not Don Vito. What are you talking about? You never know. You know what? I met him once. He's a lot smarter than he appears. <laughs> I mean, I, I heard you met him once, and he. <laughs> we're not. We're not gonna. We're not gonna bring that up right now, though. I okay. Just, well, I... we'll talk about how smart Hacksaw is <laughs> and how well he does with himself. Uh, but you, you know, we got Hacksaw Jim Duggan, head of the Wyatt family, even though it's named after Bray Wyatt. <laughs> and that was terrible. You know, we'll, we we've got Bray Bray Wyatt now, who's on his own apparently. Uh, he doesn't have a match tonight, but I think we're going to see Bray Wyatt tonight. I'm wondering if after uh, said match with a uh, uh, Randall Keith Orton, uh, Mr. Brock Lesnar uh, will get a visit from Bray Wyatt. We'll see. Do you think Randy Orton hears voices in his head? Uh, Randy Orton does hear voices in his head, and they, it's probably Hacksaw Jim Duggan. Do you think they talk about Suplex City? Uh, they are tonight, because that dude is going to get launched like 20 times, and I, I think he's going to eat a couple of F5s. I think that um, that's going to be a very interesting match. That's really the only match on the card I have no idea who's going to win. It really could go either way. I think that Brock Lesnar has the capability of winning said match with Randy Orton, and I also think that Randy Orton has the capability of winning the match against Brock Lesnar, because it's, it's really, it's the F5 versus the RKO, it's my favorite finishing move in WWE versus my second favorite finishing move in WWE. Now, uh, we we have a special guest kind of joining us, and we're kind of talking SummerSlam results, uh, and we'll, we'll let him chime in. Who does he think is going to win Brock Lesnar versus Randy Randall Keith Orton. I don't know. That's a tough one because when you go through Suplex City, there's only one way out, and that's an RKO from nowhere. All right, so who's I'm winning going, though? I'm going you with the RKO, RKO out of nowhere, Mr. Randy Orton. All right, all right. So we got uh, one Randy Orton. I think Lesnar's going to win. I think, I think that Bray Wyatt's going to make an appearance after. The, that victory, and I think we're going to see something go on. Do you think there's some kind of significant, though? Why would Bray Wyatt come out between that match and, say, one of the championship matches tonight? You know what? Now, now, now that I'm thinking about this a, a little bit more, isn't Bray Wyatt on SmackDown? Maybe Orton wins. Maybe he takes out Orton. You know what, Ryan? That is actually a very, very valid point. And by the way, this is Ryan, Ryan. cousin Ryan, cousin Ryan. He uh, is gonna... from the from the Wyatt family, <laughs> headed by uh, Hacksaw Jim Duggan. <laughs> cousin Ryan definitely chimed in on that one. Hey, Hacksaw is an icon. He's a Hall of Famer. He's a, he he's more than a Hall of Famer. He's an icon. He is. Uh, so, I mean, sometimes, uh, you know, the brand spl splits so new that I, it's like still a little bit in my brain. I'm like, all right, who's on what brand? If Bray Wyatt is on SmackDown, who do you think he does attack? Does he attack a winning Randy Orton? Does he attack a defeated Randy Orton? Does he attack somebody else? You know, with, with Bray Wyatt, especially because he's just 
so out there that anything is possible. And Ryan did bring up a really good point. It doesn't necessarily mean that he has to go after Randy Orton. Is he going after Dolph? Is he going after Dean? Obviously, with Bray Wyatt coming out during the commercial of SmackDown with Eric Rowan before Rowan's match against... Dolph Ziggler, I think it was? Uh, uh, against, uh, or Dean I, I don't care because I, I, I don't think uh, it didn't, didn't do much to promote whatever story. But the fact that he came out and, you know, he had his little exchange with Randy Orton, yeah, a lot of people are speculating that's who he's going to, uh, you know, attack or go after. But, you know, hey, he went after Brock Lesnar at, at the Royal Rumble. You know, he, you know, he had the Wyatt family who all got eliminated by Brock Lesnar. By Brock Lesnar come back into the Royal Rumble match and eliminate Brock Lesnar. Also, Bray Wyatt was also, you know, was going after Dean Ambrose trying to take Dolph Ziggler's spot in the WWE World Heavyweight Championship match. That's true. So, especially with Bray Wyatt, you never know what he could do. All we know is he could he could attack uh, Becky Lynch. You never know. He with, could, with Sister Ag- Abigail. You know, he could he could go after Kalisto, all we know. He could go after Hacksaw Jim Duggan. He can go after Hacksaw Jim Duggan. He can go after the uh, the Usos. You know, with, with Bray Wyatt, you never know what he's going to do. He will make an appearance tonight, and I think he'll make a big impact. And I'm looking forward to see whatever storyline he has going forward. But as far as SummerSlam goes, I, I think Brock goes over. But we'll see. So, Cousin Ryan thinks that it's going to be Randy Orton. Randall over, Keith Orton. Randall Keith Orton over... Brock Lesnar, so it'll be an RKO out of nowhere that's going to take out the Beast Incarnate. You, Ja Rule, think that it's going to be Brock Lesnar who takes Randy Orton to Suplex City, and it's going to be Randy Orton leaving in a body bag from Suplex City. So it comes down to what Bobby the Brainless thinks. Well, now, breaking whatever tie, but who's being who's going to be right? I mean, it really doesn't matter who's going to be right, because there's a 50-50 shot you're going to be right. Am you I know, right? I am mean, I right? Right. I mean, granted, you got Brock Lesnar. Yeah, but you know what? When you're a, talking about Brock Lesnar, you, you know, he's yeah. a genetic freak, so uh, automatically he, you he know that extra, he has... He like gets like an, an extra 23%. So I'm going to take Brock Lesnar with his 73% chance of beating Randy Orton as compared to Randy Orton's 27% chance of walking out of Suplex City. And then you carry the three, multiply it by 12... And I think that Brock Lesnar has like a 96 and a quarter chance of winning this match. I th- it might even be in the 140% range. But and, we'll you know, see. I, obviously I, I, I learned my mathematical skills from uh, Mr. Scott uh, Steiner. Professor. Professor. Professor Dr. Steiner. Numbers don't lie. They don't. But after, after much thought into this, and I've been thinking about what could possibly happen in the outcome of this match, you know, my head says one thing and my heart says the other one. My head says that it's going to be Brock Lesnar just because, come on, it's Brock Lesnar. He's the most dangerous man on the planet. He could kick Chuck Norris's ass. And my Maybe. heart And my heart says it's Randy Orton just because he was there, whereas Brock Lesnar just did his own thing, tried to make Brock Lesnar bigger than the WWE. So, gun to my head, had to pick one or the other. Life depended on it. I'm going Randy Orton. All right. All right, so two of the three of us say uh, Randy Orton. We'll we'll see about that. Uh, and we got uh, Ambrose and Ziggler. We talked about them a little bit before. Uh, this one, uh, I I think it's too soon to take the title off Ambrose. And I love Dolph. 
He has been a favorite of mine for a long time. He was my favorite for a long time. And uh, because WWE has slowly but shortly worn me down, I'm going to go with Ambrose. I love, I like Ambrose as much as I would love to see Ziggler win. I don't see it happening. Now, just out of curiosity, did you like Dolph Ziggler when he was a male cheerleader? Uh, no, it was after that. Actually, it started when he started uh, walking around backstage and Hi, shaking. I'm ev- Dolph Ziggler. And shaking everybody's hand. I thought that was hilarious. You know, that time I saw Hacksaw Jim Duggan at Big Time Wrestling, if he actually came up to me and said, Hi, I'm Hacksaw Jim Duggan, I would not have thought that he was the janitor just roaming around there with a bad haircut and a, and a scraggly beard. And a college graduate. <laughs> right. So what about you, Rye? What do you think is going to happen in the uh, the Dean Ambrose-Dolph Ziggler match? Do you have any insight on that? Yes. I, you know, I love the way Dean has been a champ. He fights. He doesn't care who you are. If he's got a big title match that coming set Sunday, he don't care. He fought Seth Rollins th- three times before his title match. He doesn't give a shit. He'll take on everyone. I love that with him. But he's then, like the honey badger. Yep. But then, but then you look at Dolph, and you're just like, I don't know. And he's kind of the underdog, but a lot of people like him. Well, you you think with a guy like Dolph, it's like the guy's getting like. Wrestling-wise, he's kind of getting up there in age, and it's like, it's now or never with him. If you want him to be perceived as, like, a big deal, you kind of need to do it now because there's been so many times where they kind of, like, it seems like he's going to be a big deal, and then they kind of crap on you about that. Uh, I understand, like, it's the now or never, but... See, for me, I think a lot's going to... A lot has to do with SmackDown having the WWE Championship because after Sunday... It's gonna to me. It's gonna be Wyatt versus the WWE champ, and okay. I think you got the bigger story with Dean than Duff. So I'm going with Dean tonight. All right. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I I don't disagree with that. I mean, I think another part of that that, that plays into this whole storyline for me is they keep on calling this the new era, the new era, and. Dolph, as much as he was never given like a real legitimate shot to run with the being heavyweight champion, he is still part of the old guard. If you want to promote the new era, you need to have somebody new, and Dean is a new guy on top. So the real question is, is after Cousin Ryan and Ja Rule both have picked Dean Ambrose, what does Bobby the Brainless think about this? I think we're going clean sweep here. I agree 100% with what Ryan said. I, it's just the reason that I like Dean Ambrose is, like he said, he's a fighting champion. You know, he'll fu- he'll defend the title just as much, if not more, than John Cena when John Cena was doing the Open US, US open Challenge. Challenge yeah. You know, I, that's what I like about Dean Ambrose. He reminds me a lot of a combination of Roddy Roddy Piper and Brian Pillman. Kind of like the wrestling skill of a Roddy Roddy Piper. Good on the mic like Roddy Roddy Piper. But he's crazy like Brian Pillman because you never knew what Brian Pillman was going to do. And I think it's a very good assessment of who Dean Ambrose is. I'm not discounting anything that Dolph Ziggler has done in his career. Not at all. Well, I mean, the dude has been with the company for over 10 years. You have to be doing something right to be with WWE for that long. So, you know, obviously they have some faith in him. They know that Honestly, that match might steal the show. They're both 
great in the ring, and the crowd will be into their match, even if they aren't at the very beginning of it, because sometimes you just don't know what crowds, you know, if there's a really hot match before that, sometimes it takes them a little while to warm up. By the end of this match, the crowd is going to be going wild. And I'll tell you right now, Dolph is going to sell a Dirty Deeds better than any other superstar in professional wrestling history. I think that they're going to get a very, very good match out of the two of them. Like you said, I do also think that they have the possibility of stealing the show. There's other matches on the card that could actually well, potentially yeah. steal the show. But if, if I had to put money on a match stealing the show, it's going to be Dean Ambrose versus Dolph Ziggler. Now, another match I, I, I'm looking forward to, uh, but I, I think there was a little uh, thunder stolen from it, was uh, Rollins and Balor. And, you know, one of the things for me with Raw this week that, like, as a business person, I think I would, I could kind of understand why they did this. But being a fucking mark, I don't understand this. And what's that, Jay? Finn Balor has, you know, an alternate persona. The alternate persona is the Demon King, which, when they kept on saying it on TV, I thought they were saying Demon Kane. And when they say crap like that, and, like, they're not enunciating it enough, it's like, did they say Demon Kane? No, it's Demon King. But even so, you got Finn Balor, who has this alternate persona, and you want this to come across as special. If you want it to be special, you don't sit there and give it away for free on TV. You wait until your damn pay-per-view, and when the pay-per-view actually happens, then, then you show them this awesome entrance. And what did they do on Raw to hype the damn match? They brought out the Demon King. The Demon King, who has this spectacular entrance, was then shown for free to Everybody, and it kind of took a lot of the like anticipation and kind of the like, you know, last night for Nakamura, they had this awesome entrance for him, and like nobody saw it, and it made that moment extra special. Well, we saw the Demon King come out on Monday, and now it's been ruined. It's gonna be, it's still gonna be good tonight, but they took a lot of uh, of the, the luster. luster away from what could have been a phenomenal entrance tonight. I'm sure the crowd's going to be into it, but it would have been so much better if they just held off for six freaking days. Come on. You could say fucking on this podcast, by the way. I said fucking marks. <laughs> but it, it's, it's freaking bullshit. It's fucking bullshit. It's all that sort of bullshit. Why couldn't they wait six days to show this awesome unique entrance. I know not everybody is familiar with it. I know Finn Balor is not long on the roster, but you, you through talking on TV, they have talked about specifically the Demon King, the Demon King. Well, guess what? Leave the air of mystery in there and let people pay their money to see the Demon King make his entrance. They fucked this up. I agree with you. And believe me, I've never agreed with you more on anything since we started doing this podcast. I think they really did take the element of surprise out of it, just because, yeah, granted, you're going to come across the real marks of People of like us wrestling. have seen the Demon seen King the, entrance. Yeah, I mean, if you've seen an NXT takeover with Finn Balor in it, you've seen the Demon King entrance. It's fantastic. 
even when he has the championship around his waist, it's even better when he's got the title. They took, they really did take the luster out of that. I'm not as angry about it as you are. I would have liked, I mean, I would have loved to have seen you like start flipping out and throwing shit in here. <laughs> that would have made, that would have made it that much more epic. Like, you know, when I almost started throwing chairs when I was talking about Eva Marie a couple of weeks ago, but I, I agree. They really shouldn't have had him come out on Raw like they did. They should have saved it for SummerSlam. And it was because, cool looking on Raw, but it, I mean, what is your big money moment? It's not Monday freaking Raw. What is this, WCW running these people? Is Eric Bischoff in charge? I mean, giving it away for free on freaking TV. It was all to sell the new stupid WWE Universal Champ. Because, think about it. Everybody right now is talking SmackDown championship belt. They screwed it up when they did the history behind Finn Balor's name the week before. They had no choice but to do it this week. If they would have done what they did last week, this week, it would have played out perfectly for SummerSlam. But they're scared out of their shit that this WWE Universe belt isn't going to be anything. And with Steph Rollins in it, it's not going to be anything because he was handed this title shot. Well, I mean, I think that was part of the thing with Seth Rollins. Is Seth Rollins has been given just about everything handed to him on a platter. He's won some matches, and for the most part, like, you know, it, right now he is the heavy favorite, at least in storyline, for this match. For me, for tonight... Again, this is the new era, and if you're talking new era, I know that Seth Rollins is not an old part of the old guard. You made such a big deal about Finn Balor. You made a big deal out of drafting him so high. I think Finn Balor wins tonight. I know it seems a little early for him in his run on the main roster, but I think he wins tonight. And we'll see where it goes from here. Obviously, there's going to be a rematch if Balor wins with Seth Rollins next month, but we'll see where it goes. Honestly, until Monday Night Raw this week, I thought Seth Rollins had it in his hands. But when Nick Foley turns to him and says, you haven't tried the ring yet, I think right there is the play that they're 100% behind Finn Balor and the Demon King because that's the new era. He's the young. He's the hot thing. He, you know... He's, he's going to be very around. New. Yeah. Oh, and I think Vin Valor walks away with the champ tonight. Both valid points, gentlemen. I, I'm I'm rather impressed with both of you on on this whole topic of the. Uh, well, why do I think it. you're going to disagree? Well, first of all, my name is not Lee Corso, so <laughs> I, I am not going to disagree with you. I'm not going to go not so fast, my friends, and then you know be like, eh, I think he's going to be. You sound like Mort. You sound like Mort from Family Guy. Don't get me started on that. You guys, very, very... Lee Corso. Oh. Right. <laughs> by the way, he he was just handed a pen by uh, Cousin Ryan. Cousin Bobby got the... Well, you know, Bobby the Brainless got a pen from Cousin Ryan. You know, if I if I hold the pen in my right hand and, and just let my arm sink here, I could be Bob Dole. Bob Dole. Bob Dole. But, um, yeah, I agree with you guys. Very, very valid points. Especially the part about it being the new era of the WWE, and like you both said, that the him being drafted as high as he did in the draft a couple of weeks ago. Obviously, 
you have enough faith in him to take him as high as you did. Obviously, you felt the same way. They felt the same way about Charlotte when they took her third overall Woo! in the draft. You felt the same way about Seth Rollins, even though he was the number one pick and there was no title attached to his name or anything. Rollins versus Finn Balor for the title tonight is another match that has the potential to steal the show. Sure. I love Seth Rollins as an in-ring performer. Seth Rollins is the one guy that, since he's debuted, has grown on me the most. I didn't like him. I thought he was kind of like a Jeff Hardy slash CM Punk uh, knockoff. Really good in the ring. Getting a lot better on the microphone. Great story about how, you know, with him, you know, coming back from the knee injury and everything. I like Seth Rollins. I really do. But like Ryan said, he had everything handed to him heading into this match. It's all about the new era of the WWE. I have to put money on it. I'm going with Finn Balor tonight. All right, so a clean sweep for us, thinking Balor's going to win. Because honestly, like, you, you, they put forth the persona of the Demon King, and they're making it seem special. They brought him out on Monday as the Demon King. If you beat him in the first match, he seems like a jobber. Right. So... I think that's part of the reason why I think he should go over. Um, so we'll, we'll see how that goes tonight. I'm interested to see what happens. Uh, another thing I'm kind of interested in tonight, uh, not that they haven't already had a bunch of matches, but tonight starts the uh, best of seven series between Sheamus and Cesaro. Fella. 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 Right? Oi. And you know what? I enjoy the European style that these two guys employ they're a little stiff with each other. I mean, it really looks like they're knocking the heck out of each other. Uh, years ago, you had, like, Booker T and Chris Benoit in WCW doing a best of seven. And the thing here is, you know, Sheamus is already kind of over with the WWE audience. He's been there for a while. Uh, he kind of has an ex established character. You've got Cesaro, who has been in WWE for a, a while, and is over with, you know, people like us. Hey, Cesaro won the first ever Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal at WrestleMania. And he proceeded to get buried after that, but that's... Yeah, but, I mean, luckily it wasn't by John Cena and his golden shovel. Or Triple H. But, so, Cesaro, or right Roman. now, really, his, like, he's been on the roster for a few years. In the ring, I mean, honestly, he's probably, like, top ten in the world. We're not talking WWE in the world, in the ring, and the guy just, like, he, I, I wouldn't say he hasn't connected. He's connected with portions of the audience. It's just they have not given him the proper amount of time. They haven't let him be himself enough. I think this series of matches could get both of them over to a level they haven't been before. Sheamus has always been a big guy, uh, a, a brute, and I've enjoyed his in-ring style. Uh, but his character in general, I mean, I like the fact that like he was beating up the little guys before, and now he's beating up the new era guys. And But I, I think this could add another layer to his character, and I'm hoping that this will elevate both of these guys at the same time, no matter who ends up on top of this best of seven, if they perform how they can, it's it's going to be a treat for all of us. 
but hopefully it's going to help build both of these guys up. Agreed. So, Jay, with that being said, who do you like? Uh, tonight, I am going to go with Cesaro because they like to have the guy who needs to have that little extra push uh, get the big win on the big show. So Cesaro, I think, needs it more than Sheamus, so I'm going with Cesaro, and I think it's going to be a good, solid, hard-hitting match. Uh, they, they've they had like two or three matches in the last few weeks. I think it's going to be good, good fun, and I want to see them knock the heck out of each other. Hell. I like it. Shit. Ryan, what do you have to say about the match? Well, I like their both style. I've always been a huge fan of Sheamus. Just his whole character, the whole way he presents himself. Um, Even when he looks stupid. Yeah, hey, he's got an interesting hairstyle. He's always has. You know, with the red hair, you can pretty much do anything you want. Sure. (laughs) You know, but Cesaro, you know, I like his energy on the match, the way he presents himself. But I got to stick with, you know, long time. I've always enjoyed, you know, he's the Irish European guy. He's hard nose, fights like he's there for a purpose. So I got to go with Seamus. All right. Valid points, gentlemen. Valid points. I, I agree with both of you on your assessments of the match. Um, R- Cousin Ryan, I'm I'm right there with you with when it comes to Seamus. I've been a huge fan of Seamus for quite a few years. Didn't like him when he was in uh, on ECW, when ECW was kind of like what NXT is now. Very gifted in-ring performer. He's a former World Heavyweight Champion. He's a former WWE Champion. He won the King of the Ring. He's won Money in the Bank. And he's won the Royal Rumble. Not many people can say that. He's done teams. everything. First ballot Hall of Famer. He's former United States Champion. Former Intercontinental Champion. Has he won the tag team titles? I think that might be the only title that has eluded Sheamus in his career. Because I don't know if he's ever been consistently in a tag team. I mean, he did a little bit of tag team I stuff with League of Nations, but that, he he's always kind of been uh, a lone wolf. I, I think that the only time that Sheamus has ever had a tag team partner is when he's in like a beer pong tournament. Right. But also, I just I think that Sheamus has really established himself as one of the premier veterans on the roster, and he knows how to fight because he's Irish. With that being said, though, that's racist. Hey, I'm Irish, and so I, am I, I. Like to fight. Hey, hey, maybe maybe we should fight. You want to take this outside? Let me, not let's not we, yet. Let's, wait wait let's, till we get a couple of more Guinness in us. Oi, fella. Also, I would like to add with Cesaro. Very, very gifted in-ring performer. Love watching his matches. He's had some very good matches over his career. Obviously, you don't accidentally win the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal in the first one when you have guys like the Big Show and Mark Henry and Damian Sandow and those types of I matches. mean, the strength that he showed when he eliminated, eliminated on, the, big the Big Show, show. I mean, it wasn't like he held him up for like a quarter second. He held him up there for a few seconds before he slammed him over the top. I mean, his strength is almost obviously not inhuman because he's human, but even allegedly. The, even the intercontinental ladder match that they had at WrestleMania where he was a part of it with the other six superstars. Yeah, Daniel Bryan and all those guys. I was actually thinking more of the one with uh, Zack Ryder and The Miz and Kevin Ooh, Owens. This year? 
All right. And WrestleMania yep. 32, excellent match. He also had a very excellent match when it was The Miz defending his title against Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn, and Cesaro. Right. You know you're going to get a very good match out of Cesaro in-ring performance-wise. This match is up there with for me when it comes to making the decision between Brock Lesnar and Randy Orton. I really have, to be perfectly honest, I have no idea who's going to win it. Either one of them can win it. But if I had to make a choice, I'm taking Sheamus. I think that the the veteran of of Sheamus being there longer, he's got a little bit more to prove. You know, I'm not saying that Cesaro doesn't have a lot to prove. I think Sheamus kind of ticked off about where he got drafted in the in the draft, kind of gotten overlooked for everything. I'm going with Sheamus. He's an angry Irishman. How do I how do I go against an angry Irishman? Well, you're going against Superman, even though he's the Swiss version. Eh, I'm not going against Superman. John Cena's match hasn't been brought up yet. Well, well, uh, so now that you brought up Super Cena, uh, John Cena sucks. John Cena sucks. So Cena against AJ Styles, uh, usually uh, this would be about the time in the program where AJ Styles uh, uh, takes a attitude adjustment in a 1-2-3 count, but for some reason... There are many factors going into this. I think AJ Styles wins. Uh, part of it is uh, Cena is now doing more outside projects, so he's not going to be touring with the company quite so much. And if you want, again, a new era, quote-unquote new era, you don't have the old guy win, the, or the old era. I mean, they're about the same age, but you don't have John Cena, who's been with the company, who has been a main eventer for the last you know, 10-plus years go over in this match. AJ Styles needs this win more than John Cena does. If Vince McMahon wants a workhorse to be on the road and be committed to nothing but WWE, he needs AJ Styles to go over, and he needs it to be clean. It it should not have outside inter- interference at all. What do you think, the club's going to get involved or something? Honestly, I don't think the club is going to get involved. I think it would be more shenanigans of, like, you know, the ref gets... uh, There's a ref bump, and the ref ends up uh, not seeing AJ Styles clocking John Cena with, like, the ring bell. I know AJ Styles is a heel, and he's supposed to... Eh, that was stupid. (laughs) I'm going to throw you out the window. But that's one of those things where... I. If you have him lose by using nefarious tactics, he doesn't get over as much as if he just outright beats him. There aren't too many people that beat John Cena cleanly. I think it would benefit AJ a lot to win clean tonight. But let's see. I think that the right thing for the WWE to do is to have AJ Styles With his golden shuffle? He doesn't have a golden shovel. The only two people in the WWE that have golden shovels are John Cena and Triple H. But that's neither here nor there. The smart thing that the WWE would do is have AJ Styles beat John Cena tonight. Obviously, just because, you know, 28 years of watching professional wrestling, especially the WWE, they don't do the smart thing ever. You know, you think that they're going to go out there and they're going to bring out this new guy and he's going to beat him. 
whether it's a Rusev or it's going to be... Uh, Do you think that Hacksaw Jim Duggan is booking this? I don't even think Hacksaw Jim Duggan can spell booking. He's an intelligent guy who graduated <laughs> from SMU. Oh, you're not going to get me going again. <laughs> I'm sorry. Let's, let's just let's let's try to let's try to stay on topic. And I know with me that's <laughs> like that's like saying that. Uh, anyway, what? Who? What? Exactly. Right. Uh, Go. I think if the WWE was going to do it right, they're going to have AJ Styles beat John Cena tonight. If Vince McMahon only cares about how much money he can make and how much money he's going to put in his pocket, John Cena is going to beat AJ Styles tonight. I think that's a short-term thing, though. Which it is. I but mean, it's, it's Cena just... is almost 40 years old. How much longer can he go at this pace? But here's the thing. As a horse racing fan, I look at past performances. And, I, and if I look at John Cena and his past performances and his entire career with the WWE, look at all the guys he's buried over the years. He takes out his, gold, his golden shovel. He digs a hole. He buries the guy in there with an attitude adjustment or an FU or whatever the hell you want to call it these days. And then it's like, oh, great, John Cena did the same thing like he's always done. He just takes the guy, he beats him, he does his stupid fucking five moves of doom, I puke the end. And then you get the same shit every single time with John Cena. You might as well just flush him down the toilet if AJ Styles beats him because it's a different shit. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. I'm just sick and tired of it. If they were going to do it right, and believe me, I have no faith or any kind of confidence in the WWE actually doing it right. So who, who's going over tonight? You want my prediction first. Okay, I'm going to make my prediction first. I'm going with AJ Styles. All right. I really do think that AJ Styles is going to beat John Cena tonight because it's something different. Because like Is it going to be clean, though? Yeah I, I, yeah, I have every thought that it's going to be clean. Because granted, two months ago when they fought at... Battleground? Battleground was last month. Uh, I'm sorry. Two months ago was... Was it Money in the Bank? I think it was Money in the Bank. At Money in the Bank, it was John Cena versus AJ Styles where he had the contracts out there, and it was like either you fight with just you and me, or it's going to be you and me, and you have the Bullet Club with you, and AJ Styles signed his little contract. The club came out, hit Cena with their finisher. AJ Styles came in got the pinfall. Obviously, and then AJ Styles was like, I beat John Cena. Because that's, he beat up John Cena. And he also beat up John Cena. Then they had their match at Battleground, and Cena and Enzo and Big Cass beat AJ Styles in the club. And he got the pin on AJ. And he, and he got the pin on AJ Styles, so obviously Cena got the better of him there. I think you got the rubber match coming in here on SummerSlam. Dean Ambrose, especially if Dean Ambrose does beat Dolph Ziggler tonight, they're going to need somebody to feud with Dean Ambrose, and, and it I, shouldn't be a face. And it shouldn't obviously it shouldn't be a face. I, this whole him and Dolph Ziggler thing is stupid because of the fact that they're both faces. Not that I don't think they're going to have a great match. Regardless, AJ Styles makes the most sense to feud with Dean Ambrose. Whether he ends up eventually winning the title from Dean Ambrose or not, that's, or if he's just chasing, or if he's just chasing. He fought Roman Reigns a couple times for the WWE World Heavyweight Championship. He was unsuccessful in winning the championship there. I think that AJ Styles, even though he is the age that he's at now, has the potential of being a WWE World Heavyweight Champion. Main eventer. And believe me, there's not a bigger victory that he can earn right now than beating John Cena clean at SummerSlam. So... Bobby the Brainless is going with AJ Styles clean over the over John Cena. All right, cousin Ryan, 
Well, I actually think there is going to be some shenanigans tonight. But I actually think it's going to be towards AJ Styles. I think somebody's going to come down, not to help out John Cena, but to set up the next thing for SmackDown. And it's going to be AJ Styles with the Wyatt. Wow. I I honestly think, because you need... SmackDown needs that big name to go against Dean Ambrose. And why not set it up SummerSlam? You, they got their um, next pay-per-view coming in, what, three, four weeks after yeah, this? something like that. I think it's Backlash or No I Mercy. Think it, I think Backlash is the next one um, for uh, SmackDown. Yeah, so start that up. You got AJ Styles. You got Wyatt. Wyatt comes in, not to help out John Cena. Tries to take out AJ Styles. But I think just like you said, it's time for John Cena to go. I personally don't like John Cena. I think his whole act is done and over with in WWE. I think they need to move on. Still like uh, last week's Brett. Yes. Well put. Um, I am going with AJ Styles tonight. But I do think the Wyatt is going to interfere with AJ Styles. All right, so uh, another clean sweep there. Uh, one match uh, that I'm really interested in tonight. Uh, in general, I'm not a big fan of kind of the manufactured tag teams, but how can you not be entertained by Kevin Owens and Chris Jericho? I mean, you realize that this tag team is not going to last very long, but them against Enzo and Big Cass... I mean, I think this is supposed to be an opportunity for Enzo and Big Cass to shine. I think Enzo and Big Cass go over in this match, but I think this is going to be, there's going to be like a pre-match promo that's just off the charts. It's going to be a fun match. The crowd's going to be into it, and Enzo and Big Cass win. Well, I actually agree with it, because you can't teach that. And a tag team has to gel, and they have to work well together, and that's what Enzo and Big Cast have. And I think they're going to be the next big thing. Bada boom. Bada bang. Realist guy in the room. Not so fast, my friends. Oh, contraire, moan for air. Look, I get it. Enzo Amore is a certified G and a bona fide stud, and you can't teach that. And his tag team partner, Big Cass. And he's seven foot tall. And obviously, you can't teach that. Bada boom. Realist guys in the room. I get it. But the fact is, is that although you brought up a valid point, Cousin Ryan, about how gelling as a tag team is good, especially when you want to, you know, if you have another tag team that really hasn't worked together as a tag team, you got Chris Jericho on this team. Chris Jericho has has done a couple of uh, decent accomplishments in his wrestling career. Chris Jericho has won the Tag Team Championships before. He's won them with Edge. He's won them with The Big Show. And if I'm not mistaken, he's won them with The Miz. (laughs) I mean, if you can win a Tag Team title with The Miz and you're not John Morrison... Or The Big Show. Or The Big Show. I mean, you've got to be special. Special K or special... Also, Kevin Owens is the most talented person in this match as an in-ring performer and as a microphone performer. Maybe. A lot of people are 
I, I'm telling you right now, a lot of people are expecting Enzo Amore and Big Cass to win this match. Would I ultimately be surprised if Enzo and Big Cass go over? No. This is a homecoming for Enzo and Big Cass. This is in Brooklyn. You know, they're both from New York. They're going to have a lot of friends and family in this in the arena supporting them. Obviously, the logical choice is to go with Enzo and Big Cass. But there will be a match tonight where the outcome people are going to be surprised about. This is the match. Because everybody's expecting Enzo and Big Cass to go over in their hometown. I'm going with Chris Jericho and Kevin Owens just because of that fact and the fact that Kevin Owens is, I mean, it's Kevin Owens. The only way I would uh, say that that could happen, they have to have at least one more match, if not two more matches, to kind of seal up this feud because I think inevitably the idea is to get over Enzo and Big Cass as a legitimate tag team contenders, whereas if you beat them with a makeshift team like Jericho and Owens, you know, they're not as serious of a threat. Sure. But if they do set it up where J.K.O. takes them out and Jericho, Jericho takes them out, are they setting it up for Big Cass to go solo? I think it's too early for them to send Big Cass into doing solo stuff. I'm not saying it it couldn't happen. I just think it's way too early in the process. Give them another couple of years. I think it could happen, but not right now. I mean, they specifically, they could have split them up with the draft. They didn't split them up with the draft. You know, they had a thing on the draft special where the two of them said, hey, we're better together. Let's keep us together for now. I think they'll stay together for a little while. And But I, I think it's going to be an entertaining match and entertaining time with them talking between one another. So we, we've got two of us with uh, Enzo and Big Cass and one of us with uh, Jericho and uh, KO. Jericho. Hey. Jericho. Hey, somebody's got to live the gimmick. It might as well be me. Uh, so from there, you, one thing that really ticked me off this week, you have Rusev going against Roman Reigns on the pay-per-view for the U.S. title. Why do you have that match as the main event on main event on Monday Night Raw? You gave away a match. To me, this like screams to me like, whatever ending happened on Raw is the opposite of what will happen on the pay-per-view. It tells me that Rusev somehow, someway is going to keep the title, and he's probably going to do it through, you know, whether he hits Roman Reigns with a chair over the head, this, that, or the other thing. Like, they had a good match on Raw, but you've got a damn pay-per-view tonight and six days before the pay-per-view, you give away the match on free TV. This is the same bullcrap that they pulled with Finn Balor. Why did they, you know, not leave the Finn Balor entrance with the Demon King until today? They ended up putting this Rusev-Roman Reigns match on. They could have done anything. They could have, I mean, they could have had, you know, Scooby-Doo come on the show and do something Instead of this, I mean, they've basically taken 
a pay-per-view match, given it to you for free and said, oh, by the way, you don't really need to watch the match because guess what? You just saw it. It was one of the dumbest thing I've, things I've seen. And I thought Raw this week as a show was like an okay show, but like as far as selling the pay-per-view, they did a dog shit job. Let me ask you this question, Jay. What upset you more, the fact that they brought out the Demon King on Raw this week or the fact that Rusev and Roman Reigns fought for Lana's honor that Rusev was fighting for was the main event of Raw? Which one pissed you off more? Uh, Demon King a little bit more just because it's a higher profile match. Uh, but if if Rusev was the uh, universe, WWE Universal Heavyweight Champion and they had the match on Raw... Right before the pay-per-view, I would have been more pissed about that. It's more of the fact that like Demon King is is like the the top match coming from Monday Night Raw, and they kind of took away some of the specialness of what will be that match, which is one of quote unquote three main events. So, with that being said, Jay, who are you going with? Are you going with Rusev? Uh, Rusev wins, but it's not—it's not, not going to be a clean win. It's going to be like disqualification, or he's going to like walk away from the match, something like that. Where I think this feud might continue for another month or two. Where eventually, I think Roman Reigns will win the title, but I think tonight he does not. That's a good point. I like that, cousin Ryan. Your perspective? Well, I think a lot with Raw this week was. Bullshit. A lot of bullshit, but I think Raw bought off more they can more than they can handle with the three hour time limit because you start looking and they're starting to like squeeze a lot of crap into their main events and into Raw for that last hour where they should hold it over or they shouldn't even show at all. Um, I honestly think the Empire will raise tonight and there'll be a little party for the Roman Empire. Um, All right. Um, I think it's going to be an exciting match, though. And, you know, I something about the way Roman Reigns has been treated the last couple of weeks, I just think it's they're, they're playing it off. They're trying to play it off where he's kind of a bad guy, not really liked by Raw. Right. Well, yeah. what are your thoughts, uh, Bobby the Brainless? What, what, what do you think about this I, bull crap? I only have one thing to say about this. When it comes to my prediction for the United States Championship match tonight between Roman Reigns and Rusev, the Bulgarian Blut, the man who is married to Lana, I only have two words. But a bing, but a boom, luckiest guy in the room? The winner of tonight and the new United States Champion, Roman Reigns. The man really? with the wettest hair is going to walk out. The Samoan John Cena will walk out with the United States Championship tonight. Book it. You're wrong, but it's fine. It's fine. Hey, hey, you don't pay me to be right or wrong. Right? Hell, you don't even pay me at all. We we pay each other nothing. We We buy each other beer. That's about it. All right, so... We, we got a split decision with that one too. Uh, what, what do we think about the tag team title match? I, you know, 
I'm excited about this match. I really am. I know that this match lost a little bit of its luster with Big E being hurt with the uh, whatever the hell it is, the ball itis or whatever it is, because he took the he <laughs> took the shots. But it was like one of run. the funniest things it was. on Twitter. I mean, it, was, it was great, and the fact that Big E has been was tweeting about. You what know, was it like? Mind your own balls or something. My like balls that? are hurting or some some shit like that. It doesn't really matter. Fantastic. Um, to me, the one thing about this match that really bothers me about Anderson and Gallows going up against the New Day for the tag team titles is the fact that Biggie is not in this match. They they've been talking about it and they've been they've been really hyping the fact that they are the longest reigning WWE tag team champions, surpassing. Paul London and Brian Kendrick. The Brian Kendrick. The little turd sandwich that's fighting in the Cruiserweight Classic. And it's just, you know, a lot of people have been up in arms over the fact that, you know, Demolition is the longest reigning tag team champions in WWF history. But they're like, oh, well, it's the WWF World Heavyweight Tag tag Team Championships. Yeah. Regardless. But of their reign, I would say every single time that they fought for the title or defended the titles... It's been Kofi and Big E. So the fact that Anderson and Gallows, which is smart, that they took the brute force of the New Day out of the equation and are going to go up against Kofi Kingston and Xavier Woods makes it that much more interesting. So I think this is a, this is a no-brainer for me. And coming from somebody who's brainless, it's it's kind of a, it's kind of like a re- redundant thing. But I'm going. We're having new tag team champions tonight. I think Anderson and Gallows will take it. The loss of Big E is going to be a lot bigger than Kofi and Xavier are going to be able to overcome. The only way the New Day actually walks out with the Tag Team Championships tonight is if Big E actually gets involved in some way, shape, or form and capacity, which I could also see. But I really do think that they like the, the, the club. They like Gallows. They like Anderson. I like Gallows and Anderson personally as a tag team. I'm calling it right now. If there was a title that was definitely going to change hands tonight, it's the tag team championships. I I agree 100%. Uh, you know, for for the longest time, they brought up specifically the the New Day are they they've surpassed the longest reigning tag team champions. Of all time, and if they're trying to make a big deal out of them surpassing Demolition, they would have done that. But because they've said that the New Day now has the record, their whole thing is that the New Day has the record now. And once they get the record, it's like, all right, whoever, whoever, whatever can beat them. I think they built up uh, Gallows and Anderson really well, and I think Gallows and Anderson... uh, will go over in this match, and just kind of an aside, I think it would be really interesting if Gallows and Anderson win, and they have maybe a little something to do with uh, what happens in WWE Universal title match, and they, the Balor Club perhaps officially forms, and we have a quote-unquote double switch, where we have Finn Balor becoming a, a heel, and we have Seth Rollins becoming a face. That could be something that could happen, but, again, I think the first domino in this thing would have to be the bat, the, the club winning tonight. If they don't win, I don't see it happening. If they do win, I think there's a little bit of a chance of that happening. Well, I'm just glad that 
the club is facing um, New Day because there is going to be a case of ring postitis tonight. Um, and it will be good to have doctors available for him because um, at least one's going to need them. And, you know, you got to look out for your fellow athletes out in the ring. Absolutely. So I definitely think the club is going to take the match tonight, and they're going to take control of the WWE tag team class. So, uh, I, I mean, that, mat, that, that match def, definitely will uh, be interesting and will we'll lead to other things, I think, later in the card, maybe. Um, but another match on the card tonight, uh, built up for a long time, and surprisingly that they actually had the first match between these two ladies last month is Sasha and Charlotte. Sasha and Charlotte, it seemed like it was destined to go on to SummerSlam and be a high-profile match. They ended up having Sasha, you know, win on Monday Night Raw, you know, right after the the draft. You know, it it was a big title change that they had happened to to help, you know, make that first episode of Raw seem special. But, you know, at the same time, it's like, why didn't you wait? A lot of times, especially lately, it seems like WWE cannot. They have no patience. They they can't wait more than you know two seconds. Like we have to do something. We have to do something. Well, you got Sasha as champion now. They just put the belt on her. I think they're going to be building to her and Bailey at WrestleMania. I think the build maybe starts tonight towards that. We'll we'll see what happens because I think Bailey may come out and help Sasha out in this match to get rid of uh, what's her name Dana Brooke, and we'll uh, see. I'm sorry, I'm gonna have to refute that a little bit just because of the fact that Sasha Banks fought Dana Brooke on Raw. If Dana had won, it would it would have been a two on one handicap match for the women's title. And if Sasha had won, then Dana Brooke is banned from ringside. That, this match. that doesn't mean that the referee's not going to get knocked down and Dana Brooke isn't going to come down to the ring. Oh, yeah. Then if that was the case, then yes, I could see it. But, I mean, if I had to put money on it, I don't think we're going to see Bailey tonight. All right. Well, I I think Sasha just got the title. I think it's too early to take it off her. I think Sasha wins, and we'll see what happens. Yeah, I definitely think Sasha's going to retain it tonight. I think that's the biggest lock to keep the belt tonight is the women's um it's just it's new she is what she is the new era she is she's the new era you know and i'm sorry if i have to hear woo one more time i've only heard i might throw somebody out the damn window times in my i know i i just and the no i just i can't stand a flare no flare needs a title and so we're sticking with brooks tonight that's not fair to flare not fair to flare Damn. That's all I'm going to say, Ryan, is damn. You're saying that the one person who is most likely to retain their championship tonight, your lock for SummerSlam is Sasha Banks over Charlotte. I like it. I really do. That, that takes a lot of guts. I also agree with you on that. I really do. I really do think that Sasha, like you said, Jay, and like you said, Ryan, cousin Ryan, is that she just got the title. 
I mean, it would be stupid for them to take the title off of somebody. I mean, it's not like, you know, are they really going to take the title? It's not like they've ever done it before where somebody just wins the title and then they take it off of them like the next night or a month later or whatever. It's not like, you know, the Intercontinental Championship was won by somebody at WrestleMania and then the following night he loses it to somebody completely different. They've never done anything like that. Never. Ever. No, ever. You know. Yeah. Right. And I am going to say that Sasha is going to walk out with the women's championship. Jay, I'm not with you on the fact that Bailey's going to come out. Would it surprise me if she came out? No. But I really don't, in my heart of hearts, think that Bailey's going to make an appearance tonight on SummerSlam. In fact, if anybody is going to make an appearance, it's going to be Ric Flair that makes the appearance over Dana Brooke. So I I am going with that, and I think that with bringing up the fact that they've never changed titles on anybody in such a short period of time, that I'm going to bring up the next match on the card that we need to discuss, and that is the Intercontinental Championship between Apollo Crews. Creed. Oh, wait. No. Sorry. Crews. Apollo Crews and my favorite wrestler of all time, the man who wins at life. The Miz, Mike Mizanin, first ballot Hall of Famer, Mike The Miz. Yeah, first ballot. Very interesting matchup, to say the least. Apollo Crews is definitely one of those guys that they're talking about with the new era of the WWE. Very successful run that he had at NXT. Very gifted in-ring performer. He kind of reminds me a lot of Shelton Benjamin, Mm -hmm. whereas he's very good in the ring but couldn't talk on the mic to save his life. So he's kind of like one of those upper mid-card guys. Won a match against Baron Corbin and Kalisto to earn the right to fight The Miz at SummerSlam for the Intercontinental title. They've kind of had like a back-and-forth thing on Twitter to set up the rivalry. The fact that they even got Apollo Crews' mother involved in this rivalry on social media has made it that much better. I think this is the match that doesn't get any of the credit just because of the fact that The Miz hasn't really been on either on SmackDown, talking about it, setting up for the pay-per-view on SmackDown. He's been kind of doing Miz TV where he has Dolph Ziggler and Dean Ambrose on it, where he's had, you know, Brock Lesnar and Randy Orton on Miz TV. He's kind of like overlooking this match. But with that being said, because my heart plays a bigger role when it comes to these decisions over my head, a hundred times out of a hundred, the Miz is walking out with the Intercontinental title tonight. I don't care how hot his wife is. I don't care how successful he's been in the past. I don't care how much they like this Apollo Crews guy or Apollo Creed or whatever the hell you want to call him. The Miz, the greatest in-ring performer and the last professional wrestler that I actually dressed up for on Halloween is going to walk out with the Intercontinental Championship at SummerSlam. I agree. He, I think he's going to win tonight. I know that this is supposed to be the new era and new people coming into their own. This is the one match where I think it makes more sense to have uh, the Miz go over. Uh, a Cruz, great in the ring, has a lot of things that he needs to work on. And it's not just like his in-ring in work is, is fine, and, but like 
He's got that Rocky Mayavia smile that makes you want to punch him in the face. <laughs> you know, it, it's so obnoxious. The, <laughs> you know, he he's like that, like a. Uh, that baby face that's so annoyingly positive that you want to punch him. So I think he needs to work on that a little bit. He needs to come up with something a little more interesting than just being that. So I, I think tonight you're going to see Apollo Crews lose. It's not going to be a clean loss, but he is going to lose to The Miz. Uh, maybe Maurice flashes him. Maybe something fun like that. But that'll be fun. I would love for Maurice to flash me, to be honest. And I, th- I, I think it's going to be something silly like that. I think Cruz is going to lose. It, but, I mean, honestly, I want to punch him in the face. <laughs> you know, Bobby Brainless, like, come on. I know you're brainless. But come on, look man. At, look at what's going on in the WWE right now. Miz TV. You don't need a the champion. The must see. You don't need a champion for Miz TV. Look at Jericho and his little cheap ass scam going on right now. He doesn't. He just has random people. Jeritron three. Yeah, Jeritron. Yeah, like he's not a champ. He's an old has been who just is trying to stay around. Ooh, okay. Has been. Wow. They need something fresh. They know they're they. Wow. All he's got is his wife. Backing him up. He's a scam. All all he does is these little scam acts. Oh, I'm a big movie star. He's nothing new. It's Apollo Creed tonight. It is all new era. And Bobby the Brainless, once again, you show us why you're brainless. Wow. Wow. First of all. He called you out. Apollo Creed's going to win tonight. First of all. Do you think Apollo Creed could have beat Clubber Lang? First of all, I don't care that the fact that you disrespect me. I can live with that. I've been disrespected for 33 years of my life. This you is why can't I teach that. And the fact that I've been on this planet for 33 fucking years and I've been disrespected every single moment of my life. But don't you dare, and I repeat, don't you dare disrespect Mike the Miz like that. The man went from somebody who was on the real world who had a dream and an aspiration to be a WWE superstar. Superstar. Got the chance to fight in the WWE when he was on the reality show. Road Rules, I think. Well, and he was on Tough Enough, too. When he was on Tough Enough. And when he first debuted, he was the guy that pretty much had the girls come out for Tough Enough and doing the diva search and all that stuff, and he was a joke. He was was just this joke of of a guy. And... He has climbed the ladder to a point where I was never happier for a human being. And I've said this before in the past. I have never been happier for a human being to become the WWE champion or the World Heavyweight champion than I was for The Miz. Because it meant more to him that he accomplished what he accomplished, considering all the guys that said, you're not going to be anything. And that guy main evented WrestleMania. And not only did he main event WrestleMania, he won in the main event of WrestleMania. And he's going to be a first ballot Hall of Famer. And a first ballot Hall of Famer. Yeah. I don't know about the first ballot Hall of Famer. He, but, just no. If that's, the, if that's the case, this was his dream. Well, when he plateaued to the Intercontinental Champion, he backed down. His, his he stopped plateau, fighting. Uh, his he, plateau is the World Heavyweight Championship. He stopped fighting. 
he went, what, 25, 26 days without putting his belt on the line? Raw made him because in the contract, if you have a belt... 30 days. 30 30 days. days. Like... Where was he? Oh, yeah, he was making a movie. But wait, his long-life dream... And he was with his wife. His long-life dream was to be a WWE superstar? I don't think so. If you're going to play that card where it's all about, you know, defending the championship within 30 days, riddle me this, Batman. Did Brock Lesnar take the WWE championship and not show up for months and months and months. Like, he was there at the Royal Rumble and then didn't defend the title again until WrestleMania. Did he not do that, Cousin Ryan? He did, but I don't like Brock Lesnar. So, he just jumps in back and forth between UFC and WWE wherever he thinks he's got a better chance of winning or passes drug test. Or not. Or not pass Well, on that note... I, I, I cannot wait till both Brock Lesnar and The Miz hear this. So, Cousin Jay and Cousin Ryan, is there any other matches left on the card that we need to discuss? Uh, I mean, the pre-show stuff, uh, I mean... I think we're missing a, I think we're missing a match, though. Are we, are we missing a match? I are we missing so. a match? I don't know if we're missing a match. I think we are. the pre-show. Like oh, there's one match in particular that we kind of forgot about. It's the Becky, Carmella, and Naomi... Or whoever it is. Oh, yeah. Versus Natalia, uh, Alexa Bliss. And TBA. Why is it TBA, Cousin Bobby? Bobby the Brainless. I think it might have to do with the fact that your favorite. That talentless bitch is not going to be part of the SummerSlam card of the six Diva tag team match. I cannot wait until they have her entrance song, like, play. And she doesn't come out, and they're like, oh, by the way, she's suspended. Now, my only question for that match, Jay, is do you think it's going to end up being a three-on-two handicap match? Or do you think that somebody that we're not expecting is going to take part and join forces with Alexa Bliss and Natty Nightheart? I think they're going to have somebody in there. Um, I don't know if there's, like, a logical choice because, I mean, we talked before about Bailey. Bailey seemed to be doing the honors on her way out of NXT. I, I don't think she would show up there because she is, you know, a baby face. And, and the face of NXT. And you can't have her go from being, like, a beloved figure in NXT and then go to the main roster and be a heel. There are too many eyes on NXT right now to make that sudden switch without any explanation. So if you had to if you had to take a wild guess as to who you could see joining forces with the two of them, would it be like a diva we haven't seen in a while making a return uh, to the Alicia WWE? Fox, maybe Rosa Mendez, somebody who like you wouldn't think of, wouldn't care. Maybe it's Tamina. I got a wild card pick for this. If, if you're oh, I, you know what, I, I I I think I know where you're going. I've heard a rumor about somebody returning. I'm going with Victoria. I All think right. Victoria is going to be the one that returns and ends up joining forces with them. She's going to get a fantastic pop if it ends up being her. Even though she'll be heel yeah. based on... but even Oh, check. yeah, because, I mean, it's not like they've ever cheered a heel before or anything. I mean, look at Bobby Roode last night. That they, was she, glorious. They, 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 it was glorious. But, even so, no matter who their tag team partner is, I do think that the team of Carmella and Becky Lynch and the Usos' Day wife... Glow. And Day Day Glow. Glow, 
are going to end up winning this match ultimately because, like you said earlier in the podcast, that they really want to put over Becky Lynch as the face of the women's division of SmackDown. I think that they're going to ultimately win it. It doesn't matter if it's Victoria or if it's Alicia Fox or if it's Rosa Mendez. It doesn't even matter if they bring back uh, Karma or if Mae Young is the missing person in their tag team. I think that they're going to ultimately win. They would have win. to exhume her. Why are you going to make it so morbid, Jay? It's not about it being morbid. It's supposed to be morbid and fun at the same time, right? Or am I right? Right? Yeah. So, uh, you, you know, uh, uh, th- this match I think is good. Hopefully they give these women enough time. Hopefully it's not going to be one of these cheapo, like, three-minute divas matches where, like, they don't even get an entrance. You know what this match is to me? It's is my cigarette break. This is my, I have to take a leak, so I'm going to go to the bathroom. Wait, 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 wait. You said it's your cigarette break. How quickly do you smoke a cigarette? Because you can't pee and smoke. And if it's a three-minute diva match, you're going to miss a match. Well, if they give them the entrances. I think between the entrances, the the match itself, and then, you know, the finale and everything. And I'm sure the dumb promo they're going to have after the match. It's going to be the cigarette bathroom I think I want to grab something to drink out of the refrigerator match. I and take a dump in the toilet. I'm, I, no, I'm taking a dump in the toilet. I'm saving that for the Roman Reigns match. Oh, good. All right. Because he, he is shit, so it makes the most sense to take a shit during the shit match of Roman Roman Reigns. Future U.S. champion, according to you. And has the wettest hair in the WWE. All right. So we, we have all that fun stuff going on. Uh I think Becky gets the pin on somebody. Uh, I think it'll be the TBA person because they want to get, you know, you you don't want some of your uh, folks to look weak. So, you know, you bring back a established uh, female competitor, have her lose. I think the match is going to be a lot longer than you guys think. Just for the fact. Six minutes? <laughs> no, I'm pushing definitely 10, 15-minute match. Because SmackDown needs it. They, All right, I'm they gonna. Need, hey, I'm I'm gonna have a stopwatch out for this match. We will time it. That it's is gonna fine. be the women's match. Stopwatch. Y- yes. If that match actually goes at least ten minutes, Rye, I will definitely do a shot. No. Wait. No, you wait. have to do a shot every minute after ten. Oh, the hell, man. You know, <laughs> and the thing with this match is I. The match itself needs to be 10 minutes. We're not counting entrances. The match itself. I'm going to start the stopwatch, and once we get beyond 10 minutes, then I, then I think we'll start doing Facebook Live on the Effin' Marks Facebook page so we could show ourselves doing the shots as this match progresses. I like that because, you know, SmackDown needs the push for the WWE women division for... SmackDown, and I think this is what it's going to be. It's going to be Becky and Natalia at the end, and Becky pins. All right. I like it. Also, on our Twitter account, we will record the video of us taking the shots to show that we actually did it. So if the match does go, even if it's 10 minutes and 4 seconds, we will take the shots. 10 minutes and Uh, 4 seconds, that kind of sounds like, if you look at the numbers, like 1,004. That's the amount of holds. That Chris, Chris Jericho, Jericho no, well, th- that's the amount of holds Chris Jericho had in like 1997, 98. Armbar. Right. You sure that's not how many scarves he has? Wow. 
Oh. Hey, you uh, know what? You, I, you know what? I when we finish with this podcast, I'm gonna tweet to him. I'm gonna tweet to him. How many scarves do you have? Is it a thousand and four? I bet you it's a thousand and five. But what do I know? Right. All right. So with that being said, let's uh, let's talk about the pre-show matches. Let's let's kind of go through that really quick because I mean the pre-show matches, so they really don't mean anything. Uh, one of the matches is the. 12-man tag match that they kind of already done on SmackDown that you were which were this was again uh like SmackDown was better than Raw this week but this was one was one of the stupid things they did you want to get American Alpha over they put American Alpha over strong on SmackDown this week and on SmackDown the week before you saw them beat up all of these teams on SmackDown they're going to go over tonight why did they just absolutely bury this thing and take the thunder of this freaking stupid pre-show match ahead of time? Don't give it away for free. Let us go and watch it. Not so fast. This is playing out just like SmackDown wants, I predict. They are setting up for the tag team division for SmackDown. They gave what everybody wanted at SmackDown this week, Alpha winning. Now they're going to set up who is Alpha's biggest competition? Nefarious, nefarious ways of winning. And, and who who gets the pin then? If you think that American Alpha loses or somebody else, I, I think it's going to be. I think they're going to go back to the old brand and try to get the old and the new era in. And I'm going with Usos tonight. That's a, that's a very, very interesting well, the, the, selection. They're on the same team. They're on the same team, but I, I are see what he's talking about. Be, are they going to switch? Are they going to become heels? And and then you have, like, Breezango or the Ascension or the Vaude Villains win the match, but you have the Usos, like, they set up the Usos versus American Alpha. Oh, yeah. This, this has nothing to do with the match tonight, who's on what side. It's all about what's the future for the SmackDown. They're building up. Uso Alpha. There might even be some kind of, you know, shenanigans. Shenanigans tonight, right. where maybe one of the Osos runs into one of the Alphas. All right. You want to know my prediction for this? Pain. You know who's going to be standing tall at the end of this match? I'm calling it right now. You're talking American Alpha. You're talking the Usos. I obviously agree with you guys on which team is going to win this match. But at the end of this match, standing tall with his hand raised with the referee. After he scores the pin on Aiden English of the Vaude Villains, wow. will be none other than former United States champion, former Intercontinental champion, and most importantly, the greatest internet champion in the history of professional wrestling, Zack Ryder, will get the pinfall and will be standing tall when this match is over. Woo, woo, woo. You fucking know it. That's completely out of left field. Uh, if that happens, I will do a shot. There are a lot of shots that are happening tonight, apparently, possibly. Are, 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 are we going to be going to the ABC store before this show? Is that is that what I'm to understand? Uh, I think we have a little bit of time to go to the ABC store, but we uh, we, we kind of get a get cooking here. All right, so let's let's get to the last match, and it's probably going to be the first match of the pre-show, and it's the one match that had like no build-up or anything like that. So let's let's try uh, manufactured to manufactured team. Too. Yeah. So and it's a manufactured team. So let's let's zip through this right quick. 
Uh, they're going to have Sami Zayn, who I'm sure is the only reason he's in this match, is because people were whining and crying and being butthurt about the fact that Sami Zayn is not on the SummerSlam card. And he's teaming up with the Keebler Elf as they're going up against the greatest tag team in professional wrestling history. I know that there's going to be some disagreement amongst people that Second are in this podcast. Greatest tag team in the history Second. of... The greatest tag team in the history. Oh, what a rush. I will I will drop kick you right now and put you through a table. You know, they talk about you know, and that and that and that, you know, they're they're facing the Dudleys, the team of Sami Zayn and the Keebler Elf. <laughs> so, you know, they keep talking about Viperville and Suplex City. Hey man, nothing's more scarier than going to Dudleyville. I don't care who they've lost to, I don't care the fact that they lost to a team of of the Keebler Elf and Sin Cara, who was one of the worst additions in WWE history. They might be setting up for the Dudley Boys splitting, and you, Ja Rule, get your wish of Bully Ray maybe making an appearance in the WWE. I don't rule that out, but you know what? My heart is still my heart. Bubba Ray Dudley is still my spirit animal. There's no... I thought I was your spirit animal. Just because you put my 40 in the freezer doesn't mean you're my spirit animal. Okay. Okay, you're one of my spirit animals. Okay. I can have multiple. Oh, Bubba right. Ray Dudley is my spirit animal. The Dudley boys are still my favorite tag team of all time. There's no fucking way I'm not taking the Dudleys tonight. So, Bubba Ray, Devon, go on top of Sami Zayn and the Keebler Elf. I think Bubba Ray ends up pinning Neville. That's my prediction. And after he loses, he'll the man be going the cookies back. Forgot. The man the cookies forgot. And I think he ends up back at the hollowed out tree. I'm sure Ernie's going to be happy to see Neville. So I'm going with the Dudley Boys tonight. You know, honestly, like, the Dudley Boys have been doing the honors almost exclusively since they got back to WWE a little over a year ago. They can't keep on losing and still have credibility. See, I don't have a problem with the Dudley Boys putting over tag teams. I don't either, them, but they need to, to be a legit over, team. You know, you want them to put over Enzo and Big Cass because you want Enzo and Big Cass to be a legitimate tag team in the division. Yeah, I get it. You want them to lose to the Vaude Villains. You want to put the Vaude Villains over as a legitimate tag team. Yeah, do it. Same thing with the Usos. Same thing with if you want them to lose to Breezango or you know, whatever. One of those. But to have them lose to, to a, a team makeshift team, of, it's not of, like it's the freaking mega powers here. Yeah, I mean, you're asking them to, to go up against you know Neville and Sinkar, and, and they put them over. Or they they lost to the Lucha Dragons, which made no sense because they got they split. They up, split them up. Yeah, it know. was stupid. I mean, let them win a match here and there. Let them get the tenth tag team title reign of the WWE, so they can go because down as damn the it, they they deserve it. They deserve to be the second greatest team ever. I'm not even going to get started on the best tag team ever. They're not even in the top five best tag teams ever. No, there's a reason they keep losing these damn matches. Conspiracy if it's laced. <laughs> I mean, seriously. I mean, come on. No. How, they, how did it's not br laced with Bristol, stupid. No, all I'm saying is there's a reason the Dudleys lose to these makeshift tag teams. Yes, they're only there... Because they love to wrestle. I respect everything the Dudley boys have done and are doing. Because they are consistently there, showing up, putting on a great show. But the Keebler Elf is taking it tonight. He's back from an injury. <laughs> <laughs> it's a new era. <laughs> it's a new era. And they got to push the Keebler Elf. And I'm sorry, if he, if he changes his 
um, entrance music to the Cubal Elf entrance, he'll even be a better superstar. Do you think he would go better with Snap, Crackle, and Pop? <laughs> nah, Cubal Elf. All right. All right. No, look, if that's the case, fine. If you want to put Neville over in a tag team and have him beat the Dudleys, fine. Have him grab Ernie out of the hollowed-out tree who's making these damn cookies. Don't put him in there with Sami Zayn. I love Sami Zayn. He's a great wrestler. He In the so last year, in the last year not a he's team. put up two matches that are going to be nominated for match of the year because he fought Shinsuke Nakamura at the NXT TakeOver in Dallas. And also his match with Kevin Owens. With Kevin Owens is definitely in that in that caliber. Oh, and by the way, his match in that Fatal Four Way for the Intercontinental Title is definitely going to be in that discussion too. You want to put Sami Zayn in a match? That's fine. You want to you want to put Neville in a match? That's fine. Making them a tag team and putting them up against the Dudley Boys, it's like come on, hacksaw. I mean, is this really what you want to do? Hacksaw, with the Jim Duggan, booking one hundred and one. Or is this a way for the WWE to set up a new? Rivalry because they just broke up. Okay, um, Kevin Owens and um, what what's his name? What's who, who, who's he? What's um, motherfucker. Uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, um, Kevin uh, Owens and motherfucker. Kevin Owens and motherfucker. So they just Not Neville, broke the up. Motherfucker. Oh, oh, yeah, well, yeah, like he he and Zane were friends for yeah, a Zane. long time, uh, and you know they had them with their long rivalry, and, and you know they finally. Allegedly played that out. I think eventually, actually, that thing is going. There's going to be another thing of fisticuffs, and I think that thing's going to involve one of them getting traded to SmackDown at some point. But wow. that that'll be down the road. Uh, but before you were talking about somebody of consistent and long performance, and you know, I don't think there's anybody who's been more consistently performing at this level uh, than Curtis Axel. Curtis Axel has not been knocked out of the 2015 Royal Rumble yet. Do you know how many days that is? I'm going to take a shot in the dark and say that the amount of days for Curtis Axel since he's been in the 2015 Royal Rumble is 573 days. And you can't teach that. That guy is legendary. Nobody has lasted that long in any way. He's more legendary than his father. And his father was perfect. Mr. Perfect. So, uh, just let that seep in. I think, Jay, Cousin Ryan, on that note, I think this is the time. The end is near. Once again, I think it's time to... Put an end to this podcast. Period. We're going to go aboard the Ho train, and we're going to go straight out of Dudleyville. Go right to the ABC store. And then the into liquor. Brooklyn for some reason. How the hell are we going to get to Brooklyn? It's called the Brooklyn. Fair enough. And on that note, I'm going to end this podcast. I am Bobby the Brainless. I'm Ja Rule. I'm Cousin Ryan. And until next time, mark out with your guac out, bitches. Booyah. <laughs>